0: i'm laura max rose mother of two and you're listening to look ma no hands my candid dispatches from the front lines of motherhood i ask the real tough honest questions on motherhood related topics that we're all wanting to know more about in hopes it will make everyone's journey fulfilling easier and more joyful if you're not a mom welcome I want you to know how happy I am that you're listening and that these topics can be applied to any season of life. I'm grateful you're along for the ride. Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. I am your host, Laura Max Rose. I am joined today by Sunny Markowitz. Sunny, welcome to Look Ma No Hands.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Sunny is the owner and founder of Camp Lantern Creek, which is a camp for girls that I did an amazing podcast episode on several months ago, which was lost in the storm, if you will, recorded it in the studio right before it closed down, lost track of it, never got to air it. Um, And now here we are where summer camps all across the country are either canceling or having to find another way to provide camp to All the children who look forward to it so much year round um, and sunny and camp lantern Creek are no exception. They're now offering virtual camp, which is the first time I'm hearing about this, but I have to say if I had a seven to 17 year old at home, I would be all over it. Um, there are going to be three different sessions that offer, um, certifications in first aid, babysitting and lifeguarding. So since you all didn't get to hear our first episode, I'll just recap that um, Camp Lantern Creek offers life skills for girls, everything they could possibly need to know from raising their EQ to Um, learning how to make their beds to um, things that we all maybe used to learn in home ec, but don't anymore. Um, Certainly a place I can't wait to send my girls and um, you still have time if you want or if you're able to and you have a seven to 17 year old girl at home to sign them up for virtual camp. Um, at CampLanternCreek.com, but you better want run because the first session starts next Monday. Um, so without any further ado, let's just, we'll check in with you, Sunny. How has it been to transition from doing an overnight in-person summer camp program to something you probably never thought you would ever have to do, which is virtual summer camp?
1: I mean, it's sort of an oxymoron to me, virtual <laughs> summer camp. I mean, it it just... You know, I I think we're trying to make the best out of the situation and um, it hasn't been easy, but my staff is so dedicated um, and thankfully young um, that they, you know, really pulled some magnificent stuff together um, to create community first and foremost um, for our campers. We really recognize how Um, kids are feeling isolated. They, they are missing their friends and, and quite honestly, missing that opportunity to grow their social skills, their emotional skills. And so we're trying to do what we can, um, to continue what's true to our mission of empowering girls and young women, uh, in a virtual space that includes, you know, allowing, um, opportunity for them to take a risk on a new project, whether that's uh, building something or painting something or writing something. Uh, We want to provide an opportunity for what I'm really passionate about, and that's teaching girls to fail. Um, Sounds ridiculous, but I just, I think it's so important. So we've really made sure to stick to our core um, of our mission to provide something we hope will be meaningful and fun, but it's well, been a, it's been, a struggle. It's I been mean, a struggle. yeah.
0: Last time we talked, our whole conversation was actually about how digital our world is right now and how we have girls who are literally living on their phones all the time and they come to camp and it's really a break for them, but that you had, and I, I tell the story all the time. You had a camper who had to go home because she was so addicted to her device that without the, um, gratification and the kind of feedback, if you will, coming back to her from parents and friends constantly, she was really unable to cope, um, and had to go home. And so, so much of what camp offers us is a break from that. I went to a summer camp, my whole childhood, I went for eight weeks every summer, which now is like child abuse. Like nobody sends their kids to camp for that long, but I went and, um, and I'm still very friendly with the owners of that camp. And they have said that one of the results of, you know this influx of technology that we've seen over the past decade is that campers don't want their phones with them at camp, but they are generally just much more anxious um, because of all of the information and, and the constant communication that smartphones provide. So now, as parents, we're just in this very strange conundrum. You know, we can't. Oh, yes, we, yeah, and we and throw in COVID.
1: Throw, you know, throw COVID oh, in God. the mix, and their anxieties are like all of ours are you know, tenfold. So absolutely, you're right. And it is this big, I mean, I have to tell you, it was a big decision for me. Like I said, I feel this is very ironic, I guess, that we are leaning now on technology to connect with our campers who we so, so in, um, with purpose, try and get them to disconnect from technology. Um But it's, you know, we're trying to like for our virtual camp program, we're trying to balance that. So, for example, we picked the heat of the day um, because we're from Texas. So we picked the heat of the day to Mm -hmm. have the girls online participating because that's probably the time they would be coming in for a break anyway. Uh, It gives them something to do, something engaging. And we didn't want it to be an all day thing. Because these kids have been online trying to do managed distance learning, which is a struggle for so many. Um, and so we didn't want it to be feel like that. We want it to be a couple of hours a day that they can look forward to and engage with others uh, inside, cooler, you know, um, taking as much of the positive of technology, creating community, which let me just say, thank God for Zoom, because... It it has you know provided us a platform to do that, um, and and we do you know we have been talking especially with our leadership campers who are in high school how they're managing and you know they're missing their friends but look they've been living in a digital community much longer than most of us have been and so that what seems like a distant reality to many outside of living in the digital world 24-7, it's not so different for them. And it's just new ways to explore it, I think. Um, So that's the part we're trying to take advantage of.
0: Well, my optimism, I'm going to like, sort of leads me to believe that as painful as this time has been, um, you know, we were sort of living in this reality before where, there were all these digital options available for things that we were still doing in person that maybe weren't really necessary. So right now we have a lot of companies talking about keeping their um keeping their employees at home um forever essentially, um not having people ever come back to the office and allowing their employees to work remotely. Um, which for a lot of employees, I think has been a really big relief. They're not going to be sitting in traffic going somewhere they really don't need to be anymore, but on the other hand, we're not able to do things like go to camp, see our friends be with each other, and these were things that we really were taking for granted before. I think now that we can see very clearly that there aren't digital solutions to those things that as human beings, we really do need to gather and be with each other, I think it might just quell that voice maybe that was in all of our heads that said, you know, are we always going to be doing this or, or one day we're all going to be walking around on our phones and not really talking to each other. I think we've seen how much we all really want to do that. Um, and hopefully this will just solidify that. Um, and once we're able to do it again and gather in person, which will hopefully for you absolutely be next summer, yes, um, please. you know, we will know, <laughs> we will know um, the importance of that. And our kids will, I mean, think about every teenager's dream is just to be locked in their room with their smartphone. And now it's the
1: only thing that they can do. Um, so it's not right. really that I mean, exciting anymore, right? It's, it's a pendulum swing, right? And the pendulum, yeah. sw- sw- it swaying way too far, way too fast. Um, I mean, listen, I have a 16 year old son at home who I heard him say, Oh my God, I miss school so much. And you're like, Wait, what did you just say? What did you like, just say? Yeah. Yeah, so and I've talked to a few of my um, friends who are educators, teachers in the classroom, administrators and I, and you know, we had this whole conversation about think of what this is going to do for you because I really do believe students, teachers, parents are not going to take for granted the amount of work our educators do every day, day in, day out, own money um, for what they have been doing for our children outside of education—you know, just expanding their minds, teaching them to love learning—and I think our kids are going to come in with a whole new attitude, right? They, I hope that they will really just take in the moment and realize the true privilege we have in America, especially to participate and learn like we do. I mean, is our school system perfect? No, we won't digress into that. But this is giving us such an opportunity um, to appreciate the educators that do so much for us. Um, I I have
0: to say, I completely agree with that. And as someone who can speak from Sort of the other side here, I have two young children and our Montessori school is a year round Montessori school that has been deemed an essential business as so many um, essential workers, their kids go to that, go to our school. So our school is um, actually open. We were able to start sending our girls back a couple of weeks ago, which was something that I was not sharing with anyone except for my yeah. immediate family members cuz it was looked at as like are you kidding me you're really sending your kids back to school right now. But there I don't know what their capacity is. It's over half right now, but they're certainly not like back up and running the way that they were. I can tell you the entire vibe has completely changed. Um the gratitude from the parents towards the teachers, the joy, I mean these kids are young kids. So it's not like they really they kind of like it's not like they really were ever at school miserable because they're five and right. under, but and there they love was, it all, I mean, right? they love it all. And like <laughs> my daughter's just like, I got to stay home with you and watch Netflix for like two months. It was the happiest time of her entire life. Um, but now she's going, she's back and and you can just see for her, um, she's so much less fussy about everything. She just appreciates it. Um, she doesn't take it for granted. And there's also, um, for me as a parent, and I think other parents can identify about, um, identify with this, there was this urgency to sort of do the day perfectly before, um, to fit everything in, to make sure that my kids were essentially having this perfectly structured day in which like all of their needs were met and they got to dance and they got to do gymnastics and whatever was going on. And now like everyone is just so much calmer. We're all really anxious because of what's going on in the world. Don't get me wrong. But just around... Um, this sort of overscheduling that we were doing and never really being able to stop and take in our surroundings. Um, My kids have been so much calmer because I've just been so much calmer. I'm just so dang grateful that they have somewhere to go um, during the day. And I think that they sense that it's not like this additional obligation because even us as parents, you know, we have things we're unhappy with, or we wish things were a different way. And our kids they pick up on that. And, and we turn the TV on for our kids now because we ended up going in the total opposite direction. We used to have screen time rules and then the quarantine happened. And I was like, listen, I cannot control this anymore. Um, this is just completely out of my hands. And I was like leaving the TV on all the time. And now like my oldest daughter's just like not even interested. I mean, she'll watch a few episodes of her favorite show, but if the front doors open and the TV's on, she's running outside.
1: Um, she wants to be outside. It's funny, I um I've talked to so many parents who their their kids have made friends in the neighborhood that they never knew were there. You know, never because knew exactly they might have gone to different schools or had different, you know, extracurricular activities. And it sort of reminds me, first of all, a lot of my childhood growing up, but but also the fact that at camp, our kids, one of the things that we really try and do is teach our campers that they can be friends with people who have not much in common with them. Um, And as opposed to your friends from school, your friends from gymnastics, your friends from music class, um, you know, this gives them the opportunity to meet the kids that are on the soccer team and the kids that play softball and um, you know, work in an art studio after school. And so I, I, think that has, That's sort of one of the silver linings that that has come out of this. Um, and, and of course being outside, I know, um, you know, my, my kids who are, who are grown 20, 22 and 16, it's all they can do. We haven't used our pool. I bet. Two or three times every year, and we've been in it every day. Just so to I don't be have outside. a pool, but that's
0: really interesting to me. So, like before the quarantine happened, you guys, even though you had it, you would only use it like a couple times. That's so interesting because yeah. yeah. now it's like yeah. I see my friends on Instagram and like they live in their pools. Like yes. they're just yes. if, they, if they have. I mean, we are looking like when we get another house, like priority number one is pool. Like, we pool. have to have a pool. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Right. And I wonder like how much, like, those are the beautiful things I think about all of this is, you know, families being outside and really learning to treasure what we have around us. Um And speaking, you know, from the other side, if you will, all of the structures from my life pre-COVID are now back in place because I have my kids back in school. Um My husband like leaves the house, goes to an office every day. So all like The structures are back to where they were, but we are changed. I mean, like my husband cooks dinner every single night. We were having takeout every single night. The kids are still outside. It's cool. Like you see that these things are going to stick. And I think we're going to have more gratitude for what we really miss like camp. So tell me with Camp Lantern Creek, um, what are beyond the offering? So I'd love for you to go into some of that what are some of the benefits that kids in the age group for Camp Lantern Creek, so 7 to 17-year-old girls, what are some of the things that um, ideally they'll take away from this experience that's a week-long, there's three-week-long options, so what what will they take away from having this sort of break in their quarantine summer?
1: So what we hope to do, like I mentioned, is first and foremost, build a community um, and a place where... Girls can try new things, new activities. We will be trying um, virtually to, to teach art, to teach creative writing, to teach origami, to even uh, do a woodworking project. We are actually packing up supplies and sending them out to families who register so that they have the supplies they need to participate. Of course, they'll need a few things from home, but we try to keep it minimal. Um, and, and so we're hoping to create an atmosphere where they can take a little bit of a risk and put themselves out there. And, and, and if they fail at it, great. That's an opportunity to practice resilience, which I think a lot of us have a lot more of these days. Um, and and to try again or to try a new activity another time. We have been hosting sing-alongs um, online where we're singing some of our favorite camp songs. It's been chaotic and hilarious. Um, <laughs> we're, we're even we're even going to host um, a virtual talent show, which is you know an iconic camp evening program. And uh, so we're going to do it. People are going to show us what they got online and all of us will support one another and watch and and maybe learn a few things. And um, yeah, I think it'll be as close as we can get right now. Um, and then our certification programs, the American Red Cross is really adapted um, to the situation as well. And We have Red Cross certified instructors who will be teaching babysitting skills and getting certifying our campers in babysitting. Uh, First aid is another one. And then even lifeguarding um, is an option. So most of that will be done virtually, but there will be an in-person demonstration of skill. It'll be somewhat self-led in that case. You know, they'll have to watch some videos and learn a lot on their own. But we also have online classes to help talk through and practice things. Um, So, you know, it's definitely different. But, you know, I when I made this decision to take this route, um, which was a very risky and difficult decision for me as a business owner, it was about putting uh, health and safety first of my staff, of my campers and their families. And so we're trying to make the best of it. And and I think that's something we're going to try and teach our campers too. Like this isn't everything we want, but we're going to make the best of what we can do right now. We're even going to have cabin time where the girls will come together and we'll be running like what we call a girl circle where there's just a lot of, sharing and building that emotional intelligence to um, deal with problems and conflict and um, even running our leadership program, continuing that online to build the leadership girls, um, their skills, you know, going into each year, we focus on different significant goals that we want them to achieve. And we're trying to provide them with an opportunity to learn the skill and then go practice it out in your own community. Um, well, you were so telling me, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just, it's, it's a conglomerate, you know, every, every day will be different. All the activities will change week to week. So um, I'm hoping it's going to be engaging and, and fun.
0: Well, you were telling me earlier, um, cause you were talking about sort of having girls able to talk to each other and support each other. Um, with what's going on right now, that that's something that they really need, that we're not, we're the parents, we have all this anxiety about what's going on in the world, but that our kids, especially the older kids, they can feel it too. And they need people to talk to, they need to talk to their peers about it. Without having school, that's much more difficult.
1: It is. And and it's something, um, you know, we really do with intention when we're at camp. And so trying to come up with a way to do that virtually, Um, and make it meaningful was something we really spent a lot of time on. Uh, We even had a virtual staff training. So this isn't just about um, my year-round staff, you know, coming up with activities. We have a young staff that were set to work with us as counselors this summer who agreed to stay on. And they have developed their online lesson plans. And we've talked about online safety and how I teach a... A portion of ages and stages. So they know how to talk to different age groups and what's going on in their brains and how they're developing. And um, so it's, it's layered, right? It's not just putting an activity out there. We put a lot of time, research and training into this for, for us to be able to not just do it, but do it well. And and for our campers, um, those who have been with us have expectations, right? And right. and we wanted to make sure we could we could meet those expectations that they would feel safe to share, um, you know, how they're really feeling, not just how are you fine? How are you? You know, like really, no, really, how are you? And and right. let how them have right have a place to say, man, this sucks. This really sucks and I'm lonely. And um, you know, I love my parents'
0: but I love my parents' butt. And I mean, I remember going to camp when I was um when I was younger and it was just we used to talk about how we lived 10 months for two, that like we spent the entire 10 months of the year waiting for those two months of camp. Um, they were the most special times um, for all of us, no matter where we came from, no matter what kind of school or environment we grew up in, because we were coming from all over. Um, everybody just looked so forward to camp. And um, I remember counting down like what, 280 days or more than that or whatever each year. And to have that taken away when you're a child and you kind of can't really see past what's going on in your own universe, um, right. it's so much more, it's exponentially more de- more devastating than it is for an, ad- an adult we have option. we can see in further into the future, we have more perspective. Even though I have perspective as an adult, this can be an entirely overwhelming situation. So just to have, even if there's a place, I think where they can log on and be with friends um, and learn life skills and talk to each other about how they're feeling. I'm like, hey, I want to do something like that. I've been wanting, like I have been wanting yeah. just to be with people in a digital type of learning environment altogether, not a work meeting on Zoom, You know, not like a conference call, but really just being with people again, learning about something that isn't necessary, but important. And I think that that's what so much of what you're able to do. So, I mean, I think you rallied the last minute and you came up with something great. And I'm hoping that it will and I have faith that it will really benefit the people who participate in it. And if I had girls seven to 17, I would definitely be sending them to Camp Lantern Creek.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We're, we're really hoping to make it, to make it meaningful for them. And, and I, and for our staff, you know, they've worked so hard, um, to get ready for this. And so I'm, I'm excited for the campers and everybody to see what they've, what they've come up with.
0: So for all the parents who are at home right now, and they have no idea what, how to entertain their kids. I hear this all day, every day. I hear it for myself. (laughs) Um, I'm in a different situation right now because I have my kids in school, but before they were back, you know, two weeks ago or so I was completely out of ideas and I would have had no idea how to have kept my, my, kept my kids entertained over the summer, especially without a pool. Um, and I can see the temptation, right? Yeah. I can see this temptation to, um, just not just kind of ignore that question and get through the summer. Uh, but I think it would be valuable for all of us listening right now, um, just to know what are some ideas, what are some ways we can make this summer engaging for our kids without the programming that we're so used to having.
1: I, I yeah, I definitely think it's a dilemma for so many. And I really think much like we went into our virtual programming going back to our mission. I think it's important for parents to look for programming to what's important to them and their family. Maybe it's something a parent doesn't feel like they have knowledge enough to share. But listen, I always say the World Wide Web is a very big place and there are resources out there. So I would say if you're going to use online programming, do it with intention. Don't just look for something to keep your kid busy. Um, Set some goals with your children before you put them in front of the activity. Here's what I'm hoping you get out of this. What do you want to get out of it? And, and just start with intentionality, I think makes the most out of anything you do choose to look for online. And then there's other resources that maybe not be in front of a computer, but believe it or not, even the TV stations, like the local station, um, Channel 20 here in Houston, um, that was doing distance learning lessons for kids in the Houston area when school was in session, has now turned it into camp lessons. Um, so, for example, we are um, on Channel 20 on Fridays at noon, June through July. Um, and there's many other camps participating in this. So, you know, you look for a program that highlights maybe your your son or daughter is interested in animals. And so you look for programs that the Houston Zoo is offering or um, doing shows online that are specific to that. But I would do it with intention, not just to fill their brains, but ask them questions afterwards and get them engaged in it and enjoy the process of learning more than just the product of learning.
0: Does that make sense? I have to say, yeah, absolutely. I'm just like in awe of all the parents who did not sign up for this and are doing it. Some of them with full-time jobs. Like, I just want to say, I mean, this is hard work. Um, It is hard to be the everything entertainment for your children um, and to really, come to the table with really more energy for our kids than we provided for them before when we were well rested and able to take care of ourselves. I mean, I come to this podcast this moment having a schedule for myself in which I'm able to just do to take care of myself and then give the kids the energy that I have when they come home every day. But I mean, prior to that, I felt like I was just sort of (laughs) rotting away in survival mode. And um, I can really empathize like with any parent who's just standing there right now saying how am i supposed to give my kids a magical summer and i just want to say you know this will get easier um and it does and i'm grateful for programs like yours and for other ones that are available to just take the load off of parents for a few hours a few minutes a day whatever it is um and as parents if we can just seek out those resources to take a load off of ourselves i think it'll make a huge difference as we get through this time together. So thank you, Sunny, for all that you do. And I'm really wishing you and everyone at Camp Lantern Creek a a great first and hopefully only virtual summer this summer.
1: Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate the ability to share this. And I'm wishing everyone health and, you know, well-being during all of this. And, and hopefully if we all do right by each other, we'll get through it and get back to our, our lives as we want.
0: Amen. Amen. Sooner rather than later. Thank you all for joining me. I'm your host, Laura Max Rose. I look forward to joining you again next time. I hope you all stay safe and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Look Ma No Hands. I'm Laura Max Rose, and you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Max Rose to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and the behind the scenes of my life with my own two daughters. If you like this episode and are enjoying Look Ma No Hands, the best way you can help me spread the word is to leave a review on Apple Podcast. This is the single best way to help me reach a larger audience and share these conversations with everyone who needs to hear them. If you love something you just heard, you can also take a screenshot of the episode and share it on social media. There might be someone you know who needs to hear what you just heard, and that's another great way to make sure they do. Thank you for joining me every week. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. For next time. <laughs>